Look, Bumble knows you're exhausted by dating. All the, must not take yourself too seriously, and 6-1 since that matters, and what do I even say other than, hey? <sighs> well, that's why they're introducing an all-new Bumble. With exciting features to make compatibility easier, starting the chat better, and dating safer. They've changed, so you don't have to. Download the new Bumble now. Me, 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 but also you. <laughs> the Pharaoh fast-forwards his favorite foreign film. Powder donut. <clears throat> okay, what's my line? Uh, the only line I see here on the script is get options based on your budget with the name and price tool from Progressive. Oh, man, that's a tongue twister, huh? I'm sorry, I'm gonna need a few more minutes. <clears throat> bulbous Walrus, the Bulbous Walrus. The name your price tool, only from Progressive. The owl ran afoul of the comatose Coxwain. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and affiliates price and coverage match limited by state law. Welcome to Is This Real Life? A podcast that relates the quirkiest aspects of pop culture, and reality TV to our own lives. This is your host, Mandy Slutsker. Let's get to it. Hi, everyone. This is a special bonus episode with Captain Sandy from Below Deck Med. She was kind enough to do an interview where we chatted about All of her experience yachting, what it was like being the captain of Below Deck Med, working with Hannah and the other castmates, as well as her thoughts on this current season of Below Deck. I hope you enjoyed this bonus episode. Be sure to rate and subscribe on iTunes. Thanks so much. So thank you so much, Captain Sandy, for joining me and talking a bit about your life as a captain of a mega yacht, but you've been in the yachting and marine industry for almost three decades. Is that correct? That is correct, and thank you for having me. Oh my God, I just realized my age after you just said that. You look fantastic, by the way. For someone who spends so much time in the sun, I have no idea how you do it. Well, actually, I'm always on a bridge, so I'm really not in the sun. Back in the day, I was, and then you learn over the years that it's really the vitamin D from the sun is why I'm so happy. (laughs) But then you think, well, the, you know, aging process, the sun's not great for that, but, you know, there are great benefits to the sun, and vitamin D is one of them. Yeah. So do you just love being on the water? Oh, my God. I always have this conversation, and I don't know what it is about the ocean. I'm a Pisces, first of all. Secondly, when you put people on boats and connect them with water... Magic happens. It does. Complete magic. I'm a huge fan of the ocean, so I've been watching Below Deck because... Like, what would it be like to be on a yacht all the time? Turns out, I don't think I would be very good at it, (laughs) working under little sleep and just only focusing on somebody else's happiness, the people who are actually paying to be on the yacht. (laughs) But it seems like you really enjoy it. You know, there's balances in every profession, and you just learn to balance. Um, You know, as a captain, obviously, we work and live uh, with each other. And 
you have many different personalities. You have to deal with the personalities of the crew, the personalities of the guests. You have to meet their expectations. You, you know, you operate on very little sleep. Even though we have a mandatory rest period per uh, MCA, uh, which is Maritime Coast Guard Agency, we that doesn't mean that we're sleeping. That just means we're off duty. And I see. it's, you know, it's challenging. But the benefits and rewards of watching someone smile and the fact that you just made their dreams come true on a holiday vacation is rewarding. And also when you collect that cash at the end of the day of the charter. Where is your favorite place that you have been a captain? Like what area of the world? You know, I get this question often. I don't have a favorite place. They are all amazing. It's so interesting. Wherever I go, I find the beauty. And there are so many spectacular places. Each country has its own amazing experiences, the food, the culture, the bays, the water, uh, Spain, Italy, France, Greece. I mean, you know, where I've voted. America, you know, um, I haven't done the Pacific, but you know, when people ask me, I'm going to Europe, where should I go? I'm like, what are you in the mood for? Romance, sexy, party, like, what are you in the mood for? And that's really what I base it off of. I was in Naples earlier this year visiting a friend who is based there for work for a couple years. And I was all excited because below deck med, you know, all of that. And then when I was there, it was the first time it snowed since 1986. <laughs> Oh my God, it snowed in Naples? Yeah, it was um, at the end of February, wow. beginning of March. And no one knew what to do, so no one went anywhere. It's like snowing in Florida. It would be the equivalent of snowing in Florida. People lost their minds. I lived in Genoa. Genoa one year, Rob, where I did a refit. I had a fire on a vessel. Oh and my it gosh. Snowed. It was like a blizzard, and all the crew were calling me, should I go to work? And I was like, what are they talking about? You know, because I had not been outside. <laughs> it was a blizzard. I'm like, yeah, of course you go to work. You know, it's like, why are they calling me? Oh, that's so um, funny. Because oh, it was raining. And I thought it's just rain. But when I started to drive into Genoa, it was a blizzard and they walked to work. And I was like, oh, my God. And they were all at work. And I was felt so bad. Oh, so on this past season of Below Deck Med, I thought you did such a good job keeping the crew and everyone kind of like marching forward, eyes on the prize, focused on the guests and trying to keep the drama to a minimum. But do you think watching back, it played out on TV the way it played out in your real life? You know, uh, obviously it's television. Um, that is not a scripted show. It's pure reality. A lot of people think it's it's um, scripted and it's not. You can't, no, no writer could write this stuff. Like it's actual reality. Uh, they don't set up scenarios for us. You know, those are raw emotions. And I always say to people, why don't you, where you work, spend the night, live with those people for a season and have to serve other people. And tell me how you do emotionally. So, and then add some alcohol on top of that. Yeah. When you have that mix and those young, beautiful people that have all these raging hormones, you're going to get a lot of drama. Now, looking back, I'm a real captain. I come from the charter world. My focus is the crew. I know that to accomplish my goal, I have to rally my people, which is the crew. How do I do that? How do I manage that? First of all, I need the respect from them as their captain. And when you have people who don't respect your authority, then it's just, it's not a good mix. It's like those people have to go. 
And, you know, when you're filming a show, it's a little difficult to do that. It is, you know, people go through background checks, all these things that have to happen. It isn't like I could just say, you're fired, next. They don't have people queued up. And in this industry, it isn't like you could just enter an ad in the paper. You have to have certain training to actually come on board. So it makes it difficult. Looking back, I have no regrets. The only regret, if, you know... uh, Everything isn't shown because if they could show all the footage that they filmed, uh, it would be a month long uh, or maybe longer episode. And, you know, it doesn't show all the accolades that I gave the crew, which I did, including Hannah uh, and Conrad. Um, So those were my two big challenges of the season were uh, Conrad and Hannah. Mm -hmm. And but you mentioned that you and Hannah are on great terms now, that you both have apologized to one another over things that have happened. Are you looking forward to working with her in the future? Are you open to that? So here's, you know, when Hannah and I had dinner uh, before this season, uh, you know, we we both decided to reset because in all fairness to Hannah, I had watched an episode of uh, the show when she was, I watched the one episode where the service was terrible. Hannah didn't describe the food and Ben was like really mad. And I had a preconceived idea of Hannah and her level of service because I had never watched the show because I was always working as a captain. Mm-hmm. And Hannah had this idea that with her first captain who really wasn't involved, really wasn't, you know, it seemed like Hannah was the captain of the boat. Well, the preconceived idea of me. So I went in with the, like that expectation that she's been a great service. I see. Right. And so Hannah had a preconceived conceived idea from her first year of filming that she sort of ran the show. She ran the boat. And that's not the case. Right. You know, the, the chief stew, the, the hiring officers, so it's captain, chief chief officer, um, chief engineer, chef, uh, chief stew, bosun. It's like that. Like, mm-hmm. it's not, you know, she's not an authority figure. She's just in charge of the interior, period. Right. And I think her first season, she was it was hard for her to go roll back and to work for a real, you know, like a captain who rarely runs a boat uh, for charter. Not taking away from Mark, he's a great guy, he's a great captain, but I don't think he did a lot of charters. And I think when you're in front of a camera, it's a little difficult to manage that. Mm-hmm. Now, and that's why Hannah struggled because she never brought things to my attention, where in the real charter world, we do downloads daily. We do downloads. Hey, how are the guests? Like, you know, um, also my expectation of a chief stew is very different than Hannah's, you know, work ethic. I mean, I'm, you know, I've got a different work ethic than Hannah and, and I hire a crew with the same work ethic as mine. Um, now I think Hannah's come a long way. I think she has potential, but I think Hannah's made it really clear. She's not, she's not She's not passionate about setting tables or behind-the-scenes sort of work. She just wants to be in front of the guests, pouring their drinks, and having a conversation. You know, right. and the reality is, is most people are great with guests. Anyone could sit and, you know, pour a drink or serve some food and have great conversations. That's the, that's the benefit of the job, right? Mm-hmm. You get to mingle at, at some level with the guests. The, the real work is behind the scenes, you know, the table settings, the laundry, you know, the turndowns. I mean, we're here to serve. We're not here to mingle. And I think that, you know, Hannah had a, Hannah's in a different place. I love Hannah as a human being. We we're where we have a, developed a really sweet uh, relationship, uh, friendship. I respect her and her decisions, and I want her to have everything that she wants in life. And that 
and I mean that. Yeah. Whatever that is, you know. So I know Hannah wants children. I know Hannah wants to meet someone. I know she wants a life. She doesn't want to, you know, continue and yawning. That's not her. That's not her dream. Her dream is to get married. She wants children. In fact, she wanted to have a charter just full of kids. Oh, <laughs> I feel like that could be a nightmare, though. <laughs> right. I don't know. I'm like, she could have the babies, and I would take the little, like, the eight-year-old, and I would just play with them. <laughs> so when you're on the show, and well, in real life, you would normally pick out the whole crew, right? You would hire the bosun, you would hire the chief stew, but when it's for the show, because they also have to hire through Bravo, how does that right. work? So they're, you know, the crew are casted. That's no, uh, they do casting calls. I don't hire the crew. Mm-hmm. I don't even meet them until I show up to the boat, to be honest. Oh, wow. And it's like, okay, uh, you know, but on board, we have a, the boat retains the chief officer and the um, and chief engineer. So we have two people who actually know the boat. It isn't like we all show up cold and not know the vessel. I see. And they're not on camera, but they're there. That's right. They're not on camera. How many people aren't on camera but are on the boat that you're responsible for? Oh, my God. There can be 32, 34 people. Oh, my. That's so many people. Yes, it's very stressful. And they do crew swaps. It could be ranged from 28 to yeah, three, four, it depends. So it's it's definitely more than just, you know, the three stews and the deck crew. Right, there's a production company. They're filming. They're filming. They're filming an episode. They're filming a season. It's a lot of work. It's a lot of money. They, you know, they, they're there for a short amount of time. It's a very excuse. You know, you're bringing in super yachts. There's regulatory, you know, um, for flag state for you know, each country, you know, there's a lot of rules and regulations that they have to comply with. So it's uh, it's a challenge for the production company. It's fun for me to witness them do logistics because I'm all about logistics. And you know what? What? A phenomenal job. It's a lot of work. There's just a lot more people. I think I always like imagine just, you know, the crew and you and the guests. And I think there's, there's so many more and there's so much more to it, which is just so interesting. What was your favorite part of this past season? You know what? My favorite part is of this season is witnessing a green crew form into an amazing, synchronized Swiss clock by the end of the season where people start very eager and then they get exhausted and then all the drama and then at the end of the season, we all come back together. That, for me, to witness as a captain is the best part. Yeah, I was really impressed with Casey because in the beginning, she really seemed unsure of herself. It looked as if she maybe had fubbled a few things on her resume, and she worked so hard. And just watching how much her and Brooke were able to work well together was really impressive, I thought. Right, correct. Casey, uh, Casey's attitude was one of, I'm not going to give up. I'm not going to give up. It's like that little train. I think I can. I think I, I can. can. <laughs> Thomas the engine. I swear to God, she was that. And how could you fire someone with that attitude? You don't fire people. You know, now, if it would have continued, I would have had to. But when you think about it, there's only eight guests on board. There's not 12. There's only, you know, four cabins. There's not six. There's not. She was able to, to pick Oh, my it gosh. Up. She did it. She vomited. She did it. She vomited. She did it. You know, Casey's attitude, spectacular. Great attitude. Always took criticism from Hannah, was able to continue to do her job, and she didn't quit, which was great. Do you think that you were portrayed differently on TV than Captain Lee has been? 
am I portrayed differently? Well, I am completely different than Captain Lee. So this isn't production Mm -hmm. portraying me or him. I'm a different individual. And did you know him? Because I think he's also from Fort Lauderdale. Yeah, I know him, but I never hung out with him. Like, you know, there's a lot of captains I don't hang out with. I mean, we have, we work really hard. We see each other at marinas. We may have a drink and then we go home to our family. Yeah. Have you been watching Below Deck this season, um, the one in Tahiti at all? Yes, it's amazing. It has been so interesting to see the dynamics between like the deck crew in particular. Have you ever worked with a bosun that was similar to Chandler who just... I don't know. He doesn't seem to, like, take criticism and then make changes. Well, Conrad, perfect example. I mean, Conrad sat, I told him to offload the tender three times. Mm-hmm. He never did. And then when I when he said, I go, why didn't you? He goes, well, I just didn't. It's like, okay, that <laughs> that's that attitude, just the way he answered it. Like, no remorse, no, not not one one ounce of, I am so sorry, Sandy, I forgot. Oh, my God. You know, not one ounce of that. It was like, well, shrugged his shoulders and go, well, I just didn't. I just didn't. That's it's so shocking to see. I feel like maybe they on purpose cast people in those positions that aren't going to do well just for the drama. But it has been quite shocking to see Chandler this season. Um, do you, What are your thoughts on the season in general? What are you enjoying about it? Oh, you know, I like um, the visual obviously of Tahiti I like uh you know I think Kate's really good at her job I love that she um you know I think she's amazing when it comes she cares she has passion about what she does and that shows I like that the fact that you know when the crew member comes and says by the way I heard that she she doesn't deny it or run from it she leans into it uh you know and Captain Lee he's Captain Lee like he just he's uh very different than me and he you know he's a no-nonsense guy and he I would say that his style is one of uh you know like in like from masters and commanders an old uh see you know I don't know he's just different and I I like him we're friends uh in fact I tried to I was hoping to see him before I left Fort Lauderdale but we didn't have a chance but uh I like how he runs his crew I mean you know I'm not there. I don't see everything. And he's a good guy, you know, and I think he does a great job. Yeah, it's been fun to watch. One thing I've noticed a lot and as a viewer is the guests and sort of the like new money versus old money and people who come and Kate even talked about it and how the new money is these people are just new into the world of luxury and they want everything and they want it now. And it was hilarious watching the app developer who was just, all they were was on social media the whole time and taking pictures and trying to post them. (laughs) It's like, what is going on? Who have been some of your favorite um, guests that you've had on board? Not by name, but like type of people. For me, um, the challenge is how can we take any type of guest and have them, we create this ambiance on board where no matter what their attitude is, that we were able to shift it. And by the time they leave, they're blown away. You know, I remember once I just told a crew member, we were working together and this 21-year-old kid told my chief stew to get my luggage. So I, I looked at her and I go, they did what? And she goes, yeah. And she goes, I, I'm not going to get their luggage. And I go, well, it's our job to educate them. Not only, you know, we also have a responsibility. 
so I went downstairs and I and I said I'm going to show you how this works. So I went down and I, you know, obviously the client's kid and I just said, hey, there's a way to ask people for help. And I said, and you're on board and we're all here to help. We're here to serve. I said, but saying get my luggage, that's not how you do it. And you get a do over. Do you know how to ask to help get help with our luggage? And they were like, yeah, will you help me with my luggage? I'm like, doesn't that feel better? Instead of saying, get my luggage. And they go, yeah. I go, just remember that. And so I also feel, and I also had a client once that, you know, we're just, we had a month charter. It was a million euro charter. And their guests were just awful to the crew. And I went to this principal client on the second day. And I said, listen, I want you to have this amazing experience on board. These crew are educated. One's a lawyer just decided to get into yachting. Your guests cannot treat them like this because it's not going to be a good experience for anyone. My crew, mm-hmm. you're killing their spirit. They're not going to be able to have a smile. They're going to start resenting you and your guests. So please just talk to your guests and just have a little more consideration for the crew. I promise you, if they treat the crew differently, you're going to feel a whole different vibe. And then she did. And it was amazing. And we got a hundred thousand euro tip at the end of that charter. Wow. I really like your positive attitude that you bring to it. And instead of like reprimanding people, actually just showing them how to do things a different way. Yeah, it's because they haven't learned. So you don't punish someone because they've never been educated, just like me. You know, if you don't know and you're not aware how you're speaking to someone, you don't lash back. I mean, you know, that's called having um, being secure. You know, I'm not I'm a secure human being. I'm not insecure. I don't base my knowledge or my self-esteem on someone else's opinion what i do is say hey by the way and i'm honest i'm authentic i'm honest and i'm just i am a no filter kind of person and i just i i say here's the scenario here's the situation this is our goal let's work together because it's it is not just one-sided you know a charter is two-sided you know if the client's not happy they need to come to the captain not talk behind the crew's back and call it dog food or you know comments like that you need to come to the captain and say hey by the way i'm not happy this this, and this and the captain addresses the crew then you hear their side of the story and then you go okay well this is what we're here to do let's suck it up let's see how i can support the chef in this area you know and that's really you know what that's called being a leader that's leading your team we are one hell of a leader I'm wondering what your experience has been like as being, I mean, I'm sure you get this a lot, a female captain. And I know we've come quite a way in this country and around the world in terms of women and work and being respected and treated equally. But, you know, when you first got into it, into yachting, how was that? Well, it's twofold. The first part, my only challenges are with the engineers because they, they think I don't know anything because I'm a woman. And it, and it still happens. You know where I get most of the pushback from? What? Women. Interesting. I'm not shocked by that. Why are women so catty? Why are they so insecure? Why do they have to go behind each other's back? Why? Even if you look at my Twitter, the majority of people that come after me are women. Mm-hmm. And I just think, why? What is it? And it's not men. Men, you know why? Because women, I don't, in my opinion, women, the women who are, who are not employed are very you got to have a goal. you got to have something in your life to look forward to, not just, you know, yes, of course, your mothers, you're raising kids, you're, you know, taking care of the household, but times are different. We're in like 2019 practically, and 
this is a time to support each other, not tear each other apart. And I'm really sick and tired of it. I posted, I reposted a friend's um, post on Instagram, and it was about, let's talk about last night. And it was about how many women were voted into Congress, and obviously she didn't have all of them. I didn't po- I just reposted it and went, wow, this is amazing. This isn't about politics. Yeah, just the fact that women are having yes, representation. But if you read mm-hmm. the comments, the entire majority of all negativity is from women, not a guy. And I work really well with men. You know, I work really, like I could sit across the table and have a great conversation with a billionaire and not be insecure, just like I could with, with a woman. I'm, I'm not an insecure human being. And I think it starts there. You just have to be secure in yourself and not threat. And, and it's like life is too short to worry about what's that person getting and I'm not getting. Who cares? Right. Who cares? Just live your life. And if you're not happy, change what you're not happy with because no one's going to come down and fix it for you. You're the master. You are the captain of your ship. You decide where to steer it. And I think that I don't know how to like make women have each other's back. You know, I, I have no idea. It's really tough. Just be an example, I guess. I feel like maybe we've been socialized not to address things head on. And so we resort to, I'm, I'm not sure, but most of these, a lot of these Bravo shows, the drama is based on people not addressing situations head on. And so it's really refreshing to see you on TV and there's something that's not working and you just go to the person directly and you tell them exactly what your thoughts are. Because that, that doesn't seem to be very common. <laughs> right. And you know what? You don't have to like smoke and mirrors. Forget it. It's just like, here's the situation. Because, you know, I'm the, I'm the uh, captain. It's like, I have to address it. Right. You know, some people just, and it's about a way how you talk to them. And I would all, you know how I lead? I lead people how I would like to be treated. Mm-hmm. Period. Yep. Full stop. I think if people do that, that's going to solve 90% of how we treat each other. I agree. Um, do you watch any of the other shows on Bravo? You know, I do. Um, I like all the, you know, I do, obviously, um, on Bravo, but uh, I, I haven't lately because I just got back from Europe and I've been, I've been in the boat show. I've been seeing my family and friends right now. I'm driving to the West Coast of Florida to see my family. Where in the West Coast of Florida? I'm going to uh, Sarasota, yep. Bradenton. I'm from there. I'm from Bradenton, Florida. Originally. Oh, I didn't know that. So my family is in Naples part of the year. I love West Coast Florida. Um, but wanted to ask you a couple questions just about your history as a captain and a lot of experiences you've been through both personally and professionally. So I've read that you're a cancer survivor. So weird just hearing that. So odd, right? It's like, wow, I actually had cancer. Um, That's so tough. I was, hit by a mo- I was hit by a car. I was on a motorcycle going to the Miami boat show, in fact, meeting my the actual guy who taught me how to drive a boat, John Flynn. And I, um, a car pulled in front of me and I T-boned the car. And as a result of my motorcycle crash, I was pretty broken. I had multiple fractures in my pelvis and I practically r- almost ripped my foot off because my foot took the handlebars off. And I, they discovered kidney cancer because of the scan. Oh my God. So I'm meant to be on this planet and I know I'm meant to, I'm meant to do something because, uh, having this, being on television, having my life spared, like I can't even tell you how many times I've been saved, uh, my life has been spared. I- I'm just like blown away. Wow. So how long ago was that? Um, my crash was 
2016, no, 2015, March. Oh, so recently. No, February, because it was a boat show, 2015, February. And then I had my cancer surgery in April. 2015. Oh my gosh. So how do you think that it has, your experience with that has changed your, not just view on life, but your view on work as well? Yes. Um, I think it, you know, working though, because I am who I am in the work world, but I think when it comes to spending time, I don't, I'm very selective who I spend time with now. Uh, I don't waste my time anymore. Um, I don't need to go to every event and every party. Um, it's about quality time for me, not quantity, and just nurturing those friendships and relationships and spending time with my family and what's important. That's amazing. And so you've had a couple pretty big scares throughout your career. And I also have read that you were in the Red Sea and ended up off the coast of Yemen, and there was a pirate situation. What what exactly happened with that, and how did you get out of it? We had a fire. Um, there were uh, I didn't actually see pirates. I mean, I've been you know I've seen, you know through the binoculars you see these little skiffs, and that's what pirates come in. I can't identify them as pirates, but the security guy uh, said they were probably pirates uh, that we had on board, and we were actually towed into Hadaya, which is Yemen. Rescued by warship two days after uh, Bush was reelected, so it was a very volatile time. I think Yemen yeah, mean, at that time was in a still having a civil war. It was not the be- the place to have a fire in a vessel that's worth you know over fifty million dollars and be towed in and sitting at a dock in a very very volatile country. Wow, was the boat so damaged that you couldn't drive it anymore? Oh yeah. That's right. We were towed. Yeah, we had, I was there for 13 days. And we and I have actually have a movie development deal uh, right now for uh, this movie. Oh, my God. So you spend... Yeah. So it must have been t- 2004. So you spend four, 13 days in Yemen. What do you do with the rest of the crew? What about the guests? The guests, there were no guests on board. We were delivering the boat. Okay. Yeah. So we, we didn't have guests. Was the boat able to be repaired? Yeah, it took a year. Oh, my God. It had God. to be towed. We had to be um, taken to Italy. I mean, the boat, it was an engine room fire. Yeah, it was a big, it was like 5 million euros or some crazy amount of money. How often or how common are fires on boats? Common. It sounds like it. Yeah, common. The three areas where fires usually happen are engine rooms, galleys, and dryers. Went to lint not being emptied. Wow. Was that one of your most like terrifying moments on board? You know, I don't, you know, when you, when you're trained, terrifying isn't really, there's no room to be terrified. It's called survival mode. And when you go into survival mode, you're just, you're like a program machine. Yep. You're doing protocol stuff. So um, I think that terror comes after you successfully completed saving everybody's life and getting out of that volatile area. And I think I slept for like, I got really sick. And I think I actually, I was really, really ill. I think I had some malaria. I'm not really sure, but I, I think I was in bed for five days. Wow. After that whole situation. Yeah. That, uh, that is absolutely crazy. Well, thank you so much for sharing that with me and for taking time during your, your car trip to, to just chat about Below Deck and your experience as a captain and all the things you've overcome and 
why you just have this amazing attitude because it's great to hear everything behind it. Thank you so much. So that concludes this week's episode of Is This Real Life? Thank you so much for joining. Please be sure to subscribe on either iTunes or SoundCloud and follow on social media at ITRL underscore podcast. See you next week. Me, 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 but also you. The Pharaoh fast forwards his favorite foreign film, Powder Donut. <clears throat> okay, what's my line? Uh, the only line I see here on the script is get options based on your budget with the name and price tool from Progressive. Oh man, that's a tongue twister, huh? I'm sorry, I'm gonna need a few more minutes. <clears throat> bulbous Walrus, the Bulbous Walrus. The name your price tool, only from Progressive. The owl and a foul of the comatose coxswain. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and affiliates, price and coverage match limited by state law.